We live inside a dream. Around the dinner table, the conversation is, well, lively. Hello, and welcome to uh, Stan and Dave Need Wedding Dates with your two favorite geeks who like Twin Peaks. My name is Eric Keppel. And my name is Jeremy Schmidt. Hello, hello. Hola. Bonjour to our our French. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, Jeremy. I think we have a couple of uh, French listeners out there. I did listeners see that. Yeah. Located in France. You know, I'm wondering, it could just... Pro- it, I, Part of me thinks that maybe like Brian and Dad wears glasses are just like abroad right now, uh-huh. listening yeah. to our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. just them. If in Drew Paris. is in France, you got to tell us, Drew, because <laughs> I I need to know. <laughs> but yeah, we you know I was looking at some I was looking at some data, Jeremy. I was I was mm. crunching the numbers, and we also have two Australian listeners. At least I love it. Last week we did so, uh, crikey. <laughs> Crikey! I put another shrimp on the. I wonder if they are fans of Michael Hearn. <laughs> Michael Hearn. Michael Hearn. Yeah. So if it, if they were listening to last week's episode, you know, our guest was Michael Hearn. Is Michael Hearn uh, an Australian, or are you just wondering if they? I'm wondering could, if, if they, they were if, that if that's why they came they came to the you know oh, episodes yeah. seven, you know seven and eight of Twin Peaks our coverage on this because they knew Michael Hearn the great. The great mighty Michael Hearn was going to be on the show. Yeah, Hearn. You know, Hearn could have an international fan base. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past him. And I, you know, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did have one and he didn't even know about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, God, I hope that's the case. For I me. do too. <laughs> I do. You too. know, uh, what if you like went on uh, Reddit? Which, by the way, Jeremy, I, you know, I, I was kind of like. I'm like scared to post like things that I do on Reddit because people can be very mean on there. Mm. I did post. I I was like, I've never posted our podcast in the Twin Peaks subreddit. I did oh. it uh, yesterday, and some people are are digging it. Oh, that's couple great. People were like, yeah, yeah. Someone said they like the uh, the Lost Highway episode. A couple people people said they're gonna listen. So if you found us through Reddit, thank you for joining. We we just did all the David Lynch movies and the original run of Twin Peaks. Um, but you know, where I was going with this, Jeremy, is what if you like stumbled upon a Jeremy Schmidt subreddit that has like four million subscribers? And yeah, they're just all talking about you. Yeah. It- yeah, that that would make me feel like I was in the Truman Show, which I, <laughs> uh, you know, to be honest, kind of a kind of a little bit of a uh, a dream of mine, you know. Yeah, I would yeah. I would love, you know, he wanted to get out of the Truman Show, whereas I wanted to get in. I was like, get me in here. I want I want a whole world that's just about me, <laughs> catered to me <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're a, we're a, we're a Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch podcast. We're kind of at the end here. We are uh, covering the return. I mean, we still have you know like five episodes or so to go, but uh, we're pretty much done. We're done with Kubrick. We're we're almost done with Lynch, and uh, we're just kind of you know uh, going through the return. Uh, Jeremy has not seen it yet, so it's been fun listening to your. Uh, initial reactions mm-hmm. uh we also do have a patreon patreon.com slash eric and jeremy five bucks a month you get weekly bonus episodes uh you can also request movies for us to cover uh we're covering tales from the crypt 90s comedy movies hollywood conspiracy theories all sorts of cool stuff uh it's a great time yeah, it's a great time. I, I highly recommend that you get on the Patreon. You know what I like to say, Eric, is, uh, you know, I don't know your financial situation out there, but for $5, you can just kind of browse around, see if you like it, and then you can always just unsubscribe. Wash your hands of us, you know? 
but yeah, they're... you could. I mean, there. I I guess technically you could sign up for a uh, Eric and Jeremy Patreon at five dollars, and you could go and you could just like rip the MP3s of <laughs> like the forty bonus episodes yes. we've recorded at this oh, yeah. point, mm-hmm. and yeah. burn them to discs and sell them uh, in a foreign country. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that would make all and, the people and make your money back. That would make all the millions of subscribers <laughs> to the Jeremy re- subreddit so happy that they'll finally <laughs> yeah. get a free, free copies of yeah. the pod of the podcast of the Patreon exclusive podcast. But we got everything over there, Eric. We're talking about Tales from the Crypt. All right, that we oh. are we are on a mission to get through season two, and we're almost at the end. We got about four episodes left. Um, you know, uh, well, as of this Monday, only three episodes left which is very exciting. I can't wait to get get past the season three mark and then into maybe something else for a little bit and then back into Tales from the Crypt. We like doing Tales from the Crypt over there, but you know, we'll, we do movies. Uh, you know, Lie Lie Land is a conspiracy, Hollywood's conspiracy-based show that Eric puts on. You know, it's a good time. And, you know, we listen to our fans. So if you want us to cover something over there on the Patreon, you know, you can, you can always just blow us up on Twitter slide into our dms you know you say hey we want you to cover a movie like um frankenhooker and we'll go yeah okay and do it and that's what we did and we covered frankenhooker it's on our patreon so subscribe today <laughs> patreon.com slash eric and jeremy now here's an interesting question jeremy if someone wanted us to cover a movie that we've already covered right what do we do do we, we do it again right is oh that, yeah, that, we could we do it. To. We would do it again, but I would, I would option that we c- cover the podcast we covered on it. So we go okay. back and listen <laughs> yeah. to our own podcast and kind of give notes as we go. Like, okay, that wasn't the best joke there. Maybe we could have punched that one up a little bit. <laughs> you know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, so go, head on over patreoncom <laughs> slash Eric and Jeremy. It's it truly is a fun time over there, and we're we're you know. We're both unemployed. We would love it to. We would love to, uh, you know, make a little money from this from this thing that we that we enjoy doing. Yeah. Because, yeah, things are <laughs> things are bleak. Things are not great. Yeah. Uh, Eric, would you say so? You're unemployed right now. Would you say though that you are fun employed? You know, I I was fun employed for a couple weeks there, and I'm kind of slowly inching towards dread employed. But dread employed. I'm, yeah. I'm, that's mainly because I'm like. Uh, you know, uh, just a worrier in general, mm-hmm. but I'm, you know, I, I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm like, you know, a uh, little scary, a <laughs> little scary time to Very not have scary. a job, but, Very uh, scary. but yeah, you know, Jeremy, before we, we got a, we got two episodes of the return to talk about, but before we do that on our last episode, I debuted a segment that I would like to bring back hopefully every episode called the moose minute. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, as the listeners, of course, know, uh, I have been re- I've been watching for the first time Northern Exposure. Uh, for the Moose Minute, I just kind of give an update and some stray thoughts. So, yeah, finished season one. I'm two episodes into season two. I gotta say, I've been watching an episode a night, and it's like it truly is like the perfect TV show to watch, just like right before bed. It's very funny. It's very smart. Also incredibly problematic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there is a character, Jeremy. Right. Uh, and it's ne- this is not, I don't think, played for laughs. I mean, they do riff on it. Like, there are some funny, uh, funny goofs that happen because of it. But there is basically an 18-year-old character who is married to a 64-year-old man. Oh. And it's just presented as like... As Everyone hot, thinks it's hot. a little weird, <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's really hard for me to to get past. Like it's you, hard for me when those two characters are like have some type of a story going on. It's like right, it's distracting. Uh, does the character? Well, you know, Twin Peaks had a side story that was a little bit like that. Remember, towards the end of season two, we had the mayor and uh, yeah, getting, yeah. Mar- getting married to the uh, the young the young woman there in uh, in old Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, it, it seems like that show has a lot in common with Twin Peaks, like a lot of oh yeah, maybe not so much 
tonally because you you described it as much more of a comedy than Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I would say actually it's maybe as funny as Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. but it's a different kind of funny. It's like because it, it, it is dramatic too. The like the stakes are pretty low. Like uh, all the storylines are like way less uh, you know intense as a as a Twin Peaks. There are there have been two Twin Peaks uh, references in the show so far because the. Uh, I think the show first started in 89, possibly 90, I think 89, and in the first episode, they have a whole dream sequence that, like, parodies Twin Peaks, and they play, like, they have a, they had some composer make, like, a fake Angelo Badalamenti score. Oh, that's fun. And uh, they're, like, talking about coffee and, and dreaming and stuff. <laughs> uh, awesome. It's fun. <laughs> and pie. Uh, but yeah, that has been the, uh, you know, the moose minute. I'll try You know, I, I know that everyone's dying to know how I'm liking Northern. They are buddy. And I am, I am, you know, number one fan, number one interested in knowing how you're liking the moose show. So thank you for doing moose minute. I look forward to next week for another moose minute. Yeah, we'll get. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some merch up soon. I'm getting mooseminute.com, and we'll mm-hmm. have we'll have you know the whole yes the whole shebang. We'll have coffee mugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moose antlers that you can wear. Right, right. Uh, moose foam fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> foam hoofs. You know, we've yeah. talked about too much stuff that isn't Twin Peaks at this point. Right. Uh, I think we've reached our threshold where like... I feel it. This is probably the point where like someone who is hoping to hear about Twin Peaks might press the old fast forward button. So let's get into it. <laughs> Part <Yeah>. nine <laughs> and ten. I, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, we You know, seven and eight were pretty insane. What did you think of nine and ten? I'm going to say I'm on a campaign right now. Forget Cooper back in twin peaks that's my campaign get him back in the city get him out of his little trap his mind trap and get him he's got to solve the case eric what's what's going on here he's all he's all goofed he's all hopped up on goofballs (laughs) he's eating cake and having making love to his to his wife that's not that's not the dale cooper i know you know it's funny because you 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 brought this point up. I think when we were talking about parts three and four, and right. I was like, "Damn, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more." Sorry, to go. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're basically experiencing what pretty much everyone else I've talked to about the show has experienced, and uh, yeah, I think you know, no spoilers, no spoilers. I'm not going to say one way or the other, but uh, do, what do you think? Do you think we're at least like inching closer to like, Cooper, like sort of? Is he kind of like transitioning back to his normal self or is, or no? I don't, not from what I could tell, but I could also see that Cooper is like, I thought the, okay. So I was predicting that Cooper was going to slowly get his senses back. But now based on the last two episodes, I'm starting to predict that Cooper is actually going to start falling in love with his new life as Doug Dougie Jones, because I mean, to be honest with you, it's a pretty good life. He's got a, he's got a cool son, a nice wife, freaking cake. Uh, yeah, cake all the time. He's got cake apparently. all the time. Yeah. I mean, who knows? If I was in that situation, I might kind of just stay there too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I probably, you know, I probably would too. And you, you pretty much no one expects anything out of you apparently right no yeah you're dougie jones yeah he can get away with saying one word answers to every question he's asked and that one word is the last word you said (laughs) so (laughs) you know you know ask me a question eric how was your day day (laughs) and they're like are you okay (laughs) they're like no no one even asks him that they just go okay (laughs) sure yeah it is a day (laughs) they're like yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um yeah, so we're 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 kind of, you know, we're we're over halfway halfway there and let's let's just dive into part 9 right now. Uh Cooper's doppelganger walks down a road, takes a bandana from a post. Um 
Agent Preston passes along a call from Colonel Davis to Gordon Cole, telling him of the discovery of Garland Briggs's body in Buckhorn, South Dakota. Apparently, Gordon Cole thinks this is that he's like swearing at him or right. something. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out what the swear word would have been because it has to rhyme with place, buck. right? Oh, well, buck, Buckhorn. Maybe it was him saying Buckhorn, and he thought ah, he said something else. That might know. that makes way more sense. <laughs> Uh, the doppelganger arrives where Hutch and Chantal wait for him. Uh, I want to, like, you know, there's there's speculation that David Lynch might be working on something new here, and uh, I would be very happy with a Hutch and Chantal spinoff. I Dude, love these characters. So I sent you that, that article where David Lynch gives an interview about Netflix apparently, as he puts it, throwing him a bunch of money to make a wild at heart show. I, there's there's been there's been a discovery, Jeremy. I, I did some poking around on that website. Oh, is it wrong? It's par it's it's a parody website. Fuck. But it's not a good parody website. It's not like a good satire website. It's really weird because it's like some of the some of the articles are like very silly and then some of them are like the David Lynch one you sent me where it's like, this is just a fake you're just literally just fake news. You're just like, damn, no, no humor in it. Just like telling people lies. Well, but, uh, you know what? I, you know, I, it's not the first time I've sent out some news to uh, an article to somebody that turned out to be false. This is actually the second time this has happened to me today. <laughs> what was the first? The first one was that, uh, well, it was like, it was like I saw a trailer for something on Hulu and I, I assumed it was a trailer for something coming out. So I sent it to my friends. I was like, this looks actually pretty good. It was for a show called Escape at Danamora, uh, a show starring Paul Dano and uh, Benicio Del Toro, <laughs> directed by Ben Stiller. I was like, this looks good. And then Ravi Kieran, friend of the podcast, sent me back like, I think this came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, yeah, and it definitely on the trailer says 2018. And I'm like, fuck. Fuck. So, I look, I'm 32 years old with the internet skills of a 55-year-old. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, Tim, you know, Tim Roth. I I got to say I like like both of the both of these characters. Refresh my memory on Chantal's uh the actress who plays Chantal. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Big fan, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Annihilation, great movie. Oh yeah, uh, Hutch, Tim Roth. I gotta say, big fan. This like I forgot that he was in this, and I was like, damn. I kind of want to go back and do like a Tim Roth. At least watch the Tarantinos that he's in. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. You know, and I would say all three of those performers on screen at that point were like three, not eighties and nineties icons. Which was cool to see, cool to see them in a wide shot, you know, all three of them: Tim Roth, Kyle MacLachlan, Jennifer Jason Leigh. '90s heroin in my veins, baby. Oh yeah. Uh, Cole asks Diane to stay with them during their trip to Buckhorn and has the pilot reroute. Uh, Preston then receives a call from Warden Murphy, who tells Gordon that Cooper has left the prison. Cooper's left. Th- Cooper flew the coop. Cooper what he says. flew the coop. Yeah. Uh, after sending a text re- uh, reading around the dinner table, the conversation is lively. The doppelganger calls our, our buddy Duncan Todd for an update on a job he was hired to do, then gives Hutch an assignment to kill Warden Murphy. So, uh, mm. Duncan Todd... I did, it d- doesn't uh, uh, Evil Coop calls Duncan Todd too at some point here, right? And tells him to uh, yeah. Uh, he's like, better better be done next time I call. I believe is the line. The, yeah, yeah. Duncan Todd is the guy from Mulholland Drive, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Right. Yes. Sure, I'm having trouble remembering. Yeah, and I, I just, just point yeah. that out because I I really liked I really liked that uh, delivery of uh, that line from from Evil Coop. But uh, Cooper and Janie E 
wait as Bushnell Mullins gives a statement to the Las Vegas police concerning Dougie and the <coughs> attack that has been attempted on Cooper. Uh, Mullins allows Cooper to take the rest of the day off and says that they will seek answers the next day. The police note that they have absolutely no information about Dougie Jones prior to 1997, leading them to suppose witness protection. That is, can I just say, one of the funnier, like, (laughs) one of the funnier, like, beats of silence taken in a show I've ever seen where they're like, at some point, one of them just goes, maybe witness protection. And there's just like this long silence. And then the other guy (laughs) just goes like, maybe. (laughs) It's just like so perfectly timed where it's like, it's like you clearly just, it's like, it's like that moment where you think you've stumbled upon something brilliant and then you realize it's just a hypothetical, you know, it's just like, yeah, "Yeah, I guess it could be that (laughs) it's very, it was very well done. Like these three, you know, bumbling sort of white detectives here you got who do you got you got keckner you got the other uh comedy actor guy uh and then you have a third guy (laughs) and uh and they're just i don't know they're funny together funny they are very funny very funny uh detective d fusco brings cooper a second cup of coffee and takes his first cup for it to be analyzed for identifiers uh, Cooper and Janie E. remain seated, the former observing the American flag in the lobby and a woman's red shoes. Uh, he then focuses on an electrical outlet. So red shoes, of course, a uh, little, you know, we, we all know David Lynch's uh, fixation with the, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, feet, yeah, yeah, he's, feet a, he's a real feet guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as the police gather outside the motel where he is staying, Ike the Spike Stadler leaves a message for JT saying that he is taking medical leave. Uh, he leaves his motel room and is stopped in the hallway by the police. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Ike some... the Spike. I like Ike yeah, the Spike Yeah, I like stuff. him too. <laughs> yeah. He gets kind of a bad rap because he is like, uh, the way that he kills people is like really brutal. Yeah, disgusting. I think he's just misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I do. I kind of like the the idea of just like taking medical leave from your assassination job. I, yes, I, lo- <laughs> I Yeah, I do love that. I love just calling in sick for your yeah, assassination. Yeah. Like, like I was gonna kill the president, but I just I'm so sorry. I I I I got I got I'm feeling fluey and I don't want to give it to anyone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, Andy and Lucy shop for furniture online, arguing over which color uh, chair to get. Lucy wanting to, wanting the beige model while Andy wants the red one until Andy decides to let Lucy have her way. Though she decides to order the chair and he, that he wanted instead. Yeah. You're somebody you're, you've been married for going on 25 years. 25 26 years now uh oh yeah and arranged marriage when i was six (laughs) years old (laughs) and uh you you know you tell me this this is kind of this is marriage am i right oh yeah oh yeah and you know what else this is huh 40 (laughs) (laughs) and you know what else this is Uh, what us oh you, you know, one more thing that I, I have to point out that this sure. may or may not be. What? Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, left left unattended. You know, I'm going to check the SoundCloud to see if there's like, if it tells you when people stop listening. <laughs> yeah. And just yeah. out of curiosity, see if anyone tuned out. <laughs> I just want to know if the stats just drop dramatically right after that. <laughs> Uh, left unattended, Johnny runs around his home, chased by his mother until running directly into a wall. It's, you know, classic Johnny. I didn't know what the uh, fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah, scene. okay. So that is, did you know that was Johnny Horn? Of course not. No, I, I, I had <laughs> okay. to look up all of who the hell these okay. people were. Like That's fair. I once, I once I did look it up, I remembered, oh, yeah, I forgot, you know, whatever. But... It was at the time I was like, what is this psycho shit that's happening right now? Um, Bobby visits his mother with Frank and Hawk to discuss her husband's activities concerning Cooper's death or Cooper before his death. 
Uh, she tells them that she was expecting this visit, as Garland had told her it would happen, but would not explain what it would be about. Per her instructions, she gives them an object that was hidden inside a chair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this is a, a red chair, by the way. I just noticed this. I don't know if there's any connection to the Andy and Lucy bit. I'm sure there I'm sure there was, but Probably, uh, yeah. Yeah, what'd you think of this? I I thought this was a pretty intriguing development. Yes, I think this is great. I love that they are using the Major Garland Briggs stuff as such a big part of the narrative for season three. Like, that's cool to me. And I think that I was happy to see Bobby and the mom again. And, you know, like... This is my, this is so far my overall, you know, I joked at the beginning about Dale Cooper, like wanting him to get back into Twin Peaks. There is a, not a lot of Twin Peaks happening in the first nine episodes of (laughs) a 17 part series about Twin Peaks. So I'm always happy to see stuff when we're getting back to our roots here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I, so I, I, I thought this was cool, but you know, it is more, yeah, let's just yeah, let's move on cuz I'm like I'm 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 psyched to find out what happens and like some of the the findings of what the object is inside the chair. I mean, all that is is infinitely interesting. So Wait. Have you not been watching the episodes? You've just been listening to my reading the recaps? Yeah, is that Dude, I'm, we're both supposed to watch <laughs> both <laughs> supposed to watch the episode. <laughs> By the way, I always I always forget to mention this, and I I, I always mean to, uh, and I'm sorry when I forget. But I, we should note uh, the fine folks over at the Twin Peaks Wiki, whoever whoever edits. Oh that, yeah, uh, is, great we, job! We are going great. We go off of these. Uh, big big fan. You know, yeah. if if anyone knows the people that that work on the uh, the Twin Peaks Wiki, I actually would love to, I would love to talk to them. I would love to but, get them on uh, the podcast. Cole, Albert, Diane, and Preston meet Knox and Mackley uh, at the Buckhorn Police Department to view Briggs's body, though Diane stays behind in the lobby and reads a text reading. Around the dinner table, the conversation is lively. Uh, Mackley explains the circumstances of the body being found as they go through the morgue where Talbot waits. Mackley then notes that William Hastings and Ruth Davenport had been blogging about alternate dimensions. Uh, Albert notes the incorrect age of the bo- of the body, and Cole pulls him aside, and they connect it to Cooper. They return, and Talbot shows them Dougie's ring found inside the body, prompting Cole to wish to speak to Hastings. Yes, Hastings is our friend. Um, um what's his name? Uh, yeah, Lillard. Well, I, well, yeah. As the old SLC punk, you know it's hard to recognize him without the blue mohawk. It is. That's true. That's very true. I the scene with William Hastings. Have we that we? That's what that described, right? Like when they were kind of giving him. We're the, getting to. We're oh, it's not. It's it. not yet. Okay, great. We'll this talk. This was about them. It. Look, yeah, yeah. This was Perfect. them at the more. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. False alarm, folks. We will be talking shortly about a very funny scene. I can't wait to talk about. Yeah. Which, I, by the way, I do love. Uh, I love Diane's uh, outfits, especially in the morgue scene when she's yeah. like sitting there yeah. smoking a cigarette and she's like, it's a fucking morgue. Yeah, dude. Very and good. she's, um, I believe the term is man spreading. So cool yeah. in that scene. She's yeah. like got her legs so far wide open. I think she's wearing like white shoes, green pants. Maybe it's, it's, yeah, it's a cool yeah. look. It's a cool look. Uh, you know, I tried to do that exact look uh, <laughs> and man spread and yeah. spent the night in prison. Yeah. <laughs> I spent one night in a prison. <laughs> <laughs> in a federal state penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jerry, apparently still high, observes his foot, which he is told is not <laughs> his. He grabs it and falls to the ground. Uh, so Chad good. eats in the conf- conference room as Truman, Hawk, and Bobby come and dismiss him. Frank and Hawk try to open the object given to them by Betty, amusing Bobby, who says they must go back uh, outside to open it. Bobby throws it on the ground, which causes it to make a noise before throwing it again. I love that Bobby's like, here, let me, I, I know how to open it. And all you had to do was throw it on the ground. Yeah, yeah. 
and he, uh, he's two, acting like after he does that too like he was he's so prophetic like he's such a yeah like he, he was the only one who could have done it yeah uh what do you like better do you like old bobby or young bobby uh i mean i got to know young bobby a lot more but yeah. you know i think well, i think i'd like to kick it with old bobby he's a little bit more calmed down you know yeah, I like old I like old Bobby a lot too. Now, who do you uh, want to hang out with more, uh, Richard Horn or <laughs> Jerry Horn? <laughs> oh, Jerry Horn for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude, right? <laughs> um, you know, Richard Horn or Chad would be a, is is a is a difficult question Oof, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. It's like a really annoying cop or a literal child murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who I would stomach, who I could stomach li- less. Uh, a a yeah. kind of annoying cop or an absolute <laughs> psychopath child murderer. <laughs> uh, Truman removes a slip of paper with directions, which Bobby understands, noting the Jackrabbit's Palace to be an imaginary pal- uh, place he and his father had during his childhood. Also in the object is the transmission Briggs intercepted with Cooper's name. Uh, which I believe is Cooper Cooper. Yes, which means two Coopers, as we know ah, from yes. uh, you know when when you say things twice, that means two. <laughs> uh, Cole and Preston go outside to Diane as Albert is indisposed, masturbating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I assume. Hastings <laughs> uh, <laughs> cries in the interview room as Preston joins him to question him about his blog where he claimed to have entered an alternate dimension and met the Major, who had been hibernating there, and told him to get coordinates for him, which Ruth wrote on her hand prior to her death. He identifies a picture of Briggs as the Major he met, who he claimed to have floated up, saying, Cooper, Cooper. Yeah. Um, That scene Yeah, so you like this scene, huh? I think it's probably one of the most... It's, It's such a good example of the kind of the kind of scenes that only twin peaks can pull off where i do legitimately feel bad for hastings you know i like i feel bad for him but at the same time it's so comedic watching him just totally melt down talking about going to the bahamas like wanting to go scuba diving at the bahamas like at the same time i completely relate to feeling so worked up and like desperate, you know, it's just, it was so, to me, I had a good time with it. I was, I was kind of cracking up at, at just the whole performance of it. Like Matthew Lillard is, can do, he can do pathetic so well. And it was just so funny to watch him, watch him freaking rip it, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of his uh, performance in here. Um, so when this episode aired, I checked. I did check, and I think they 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 got rid of it. But at the time that this was airing, um, they actually did set up like a fake blog, the Search for the Zone blog. Mm. So fans like found it. They like went to the website of whatever it is on the on the show, or mm-hmm. uh, yeah, however they found it. I don't know. But the yeah, the creators of the return basically set up this blog that was like I can't remember what people found from it. I remember there was like a guest book on there for a while when people were writing stuff in it. And uh I think there was like some old like they had put in there some like like a guest uh book entry from uh fucking um Garland Briggs or something. I, I can't remember the details exactly. It's been a while. But uh, it was pretty cool at the time. I remember I spent like a very long time uh, that next day after I read on, 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 the, on the subreddit that, that someone had found this website. Um, but yeah, Ben and Beverly, again, investigate the strange noise in the hotel, which Ben likes, likens to a, monast- a monastery bell. Uh, the two nearly share a romantic moment, but Ben politely refuses, for which Beverly reluctantly commands him. Commends. Commends. Yeah. She's like, you're a good man, Ben Horn. And I'm like, Beverly, no. <laughs> you don't know what you're saying right now. You know, 
Big fan, big fan of Be- Ben and Beverly. Big fan of Beverly. I mean, yeah. I've always liked Ben, but but Beverly's great. Are you Beverly, sh- are you yeah. shipping these two? Am I what shipping them? Uh, what ship, do you mean? Shipping is a term when you're uh, rooting for two characters to fall in love. Uh. The thing is, is like I like Ben, but he's like so evil. Yeah, he's like a monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think I'm rooting for Beverly to find like uh, I don't know, maybe maybe her version of a like Billy Zane type. Oh, guy. good call. Yeah, I guess it's definitely not who she's currently with because he's a. Uh... Well, I mean, we don't know much about him other than he's sick, but um, seems. Seems not nice. Seems also not nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Beverly, if you're listening, uh, our DMs are open. Our DMs, DMs are, are open. open. Yeah, if Beverly, if you're listening, I I got this friend. He's a great guy. Uh, he hosts a podcast with me. You know, Dude, uh, tell her about tell her about my muscles. Okay. Uh, he's got he's got these huge flat muscles. They're big and flat. <laughs> 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 no, I th- I know who you're talking about, and they're actually very uh, sculpted, is what I would how I would describe his, his right. His they're muscles. they're very sculpted like, sculpted like a like a big sculpture of a piece of paper. <laughs> worst worst wingman of all time. Uh, Hudson Mohawk performs human. I guess I didn't know this person's name was Hudson Mohawk. No, uh, as Ella and Chloe speak at the Roadhouse. You know, probably my least favorite uh, Roadhouse performance, but I do kind of like. Thought it was kind of cool. It matched the tone, I guess, of what we see, which is these two basically like two strung out like teenagers or in their twenties or something. Right. Assuming they're strung out on Sparkle, you know, the the new drug that's going around. That's right. Uh, but yeah, then we get another uh, another beautiful song from uh, Au Revoir, Simone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a twofer think... today. We got two performances. Oh yeah, yes. Au Revoir, Simone. I believe was in episode part three. Yes, for I sure. I, I, think I like this song a little better than the, I, the other one. But... I'm a huge fan of this song. I this song I, I already knew from my Discover playlist on Spotify. It had come up at some point. Oh, okay. Um, I will say, watching them perform, though, I know now I will n- probably never buy live like tickets to go see them live ever because that was yeah. the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean, it 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 was it's entertaining to watch being directed by like David Lynch and it right. like looks cool visually. But yeah, I mean, I could see like not really having that much energy at a show like that in person. <laughs> Right, exactly. Just kind of wanting to be, fall asleep, you know. Um, yeah, although I do like a concert. You know, here's if if it would suck if you go to a show like that and it's kind of like standing room only sort of thing. But I will say, like, I do. I have gone to plenty of concerts where it's in like you know uh, a fucking like theater with with you know seating and stuff. Yeah, and it's like uh, I'm trying to think of who I might have seen. Like I like I've seen. Uh, well, we saw the, you know, like uh, the War on Drugs together. Yeah, but there was more. There were people standing and sitting. Well, I guess. we were playing freeze tag, so it was like very lively. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I've seen. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, a bunch of buddies and I went <laughs> drove down to uh, Milwaukee to see Iron and Wine. Oh, okay. And, we all fell asleep. <laughs> like four of us, we we all fell asleep. That's awesome. During an Iron and Wine concert. But uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know what I was talking about. Let's talk about part 10, shall we? All right. You want me to take over? Take the wheel, brother. All right. Episode 10, season three, episode 10, original air date, July 16th, 2017. The episode is titled, Laura is the One. And that is spoken by the great Margaret Lanterman, uh, or uh, the Log Lady, right? Yep. Okay. Richard drives to Miriam Sullivan's, who tells him to leave and has sent a letter about him to the sheriff's department. He angrily breaks into the trailer and savagely beats her. He leaves calling Deputy Chad and telling him to intercept Miriam's letter. This is 
kind of an incredible opening to this episode. Like it's it it's very uh it almost reminds me of something like Fincher would do or yeah even even maybe Tarantino like the way that the way that it's I don't know the way that the shots are all put together it's like incredibly harrowing but also really tastefully done like the fact you know he breaks into the trailer and we don't see anything that happens we just hear the horrible sounds coming from inside the trailer um which leads me to believe that Richard might not be a good guy <laughs> no, no yeah i'm starting to think also that maybe yeah i've seen this a couple times and i i'm yeah i think i'm starting to think he's maybe not a nice person right yeah. you know i did listen this is uh i forget i don't have internet right now so i can't look up uh the actor's name mm. but i think his name's iman something or another but he uh he is an australian bloke i believe mm-hmm. and uh i don't know if they say bloke down there but mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. he i listened to an interview with him couldn't have sounded like a nicer guy oh i bet yeah so that was nice that was at least nice to hear because i was like right. and he seems very aware of the fact that like he he did mention in the interview that he's like met fans who are like kind of not like off put by him because yeah, like a little afraid is, like, of him yeah extremely evil but he, uh he yeah he plays yeah. like like this is a kind of an interesting character for lynch to do it's like kind of like evil incarnate there's not i don't think he has many characters that are like this in his film repertoire like i would maybe frank is a similar type yeah, of character frank Booth, yeah. and also you know um willem dafoe's character in wild at heart is yep, similar bobby peru. bobby peru but you know other than those two, you know, it's like you just don't see this kind of hate a lot in, in David Lynch's film or in anything really where it's just it is unrelenting darkness, unrelenting meanness. And in later in this episode, we'll get a scene that like made my the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It was so nightmarish from old Richard Horn. But anyways, Carl plays guitar and sings outside of his trailer and stops when a red mug is thrown through a trailer window yeah. by Steve Burnett, who is inside abusing Becky. Another yeah. huge asshole. Yeah. Um, Not a good guy. Could have called that. Could have called it, but, you know. Gotta love the uh, gotta love the Harry Dean guitar. Uh, yes. Though. That was a beautiful song, too. I it meant was, to, I meant to yeah. look it up and forgot. But maybe I'll go back. Um, I think there's. Uh, I think you can listen to the recording of it on on Spotify, if I remember. Maybe I that's cool. Uh, Rodney Mitchum or Mitchum, sorry, is going over paperwork when Candy <laughs> comes in, tries to swat a fly, and ends up hitting Rodney in the head with a television remote. Very funny. Bradley comes in as Candy yeah. becomes hysterical over wounding Rodney. I love the chaos in this scene. So funny. I, you know, I, like I said, I've been watching some of the behind the scenes stuff on the Z to A collection and, uh, you know, a lot of, there's a little bit of like joking around on the sets here and there, but like when, when, uh, you know, typically they're like, pre, it's pretty serious and like, you know, David Lynch is pretty in the zone when they were when they were recording this like after uh one of the takes they just like Lynch and the whole crew was just like cracking up <laughs> <laughs> just laughing like very hard That's it, great. it is this is like such a funny combination of actors and characters candy's so funny i could have watched her do that fly bit like forever for like four <laughs> more minutes yeah. yeah yeah i mean it was it was hilarious and you know Belushi... Mm-hmm. coming in there it's just it, it's it's fucking great it's it's good stuff yeah dougie's doctor examines dale cooper as Janie e tells him about his recent behavior after a physical he is determined to be in excellent health delightfully sp- surprising Janie e due to dougie usually being overweight yeah he lost a lot of weight turns out um it's looking good very svelte rodney watches the news with candy sandy and mandy and sees the report on the arrest Ike the Spike Sattler, Statler, who they had hit, who they had a hit on. Um, they then see the report on Ike's attack on Dougie, recognizing him as Mr. Jackpot from their casino. Uh, this is where we get Stephanie Allen one more time, right? She's like on yes. the news, being like, "He just came in and, you know, 
He, uh, he yeah. moved like a cobra, <laughs> I think is the line. Yeah, and I, you know, I forgot about this. I did criticize the, uh, you know, the shaky news cam style footage in the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the previous, in the episode where, where it, with, I believe part seven, although I do stand by it. I think that, because they show it again anyway, they should have just gotten rid of it. the first, They shouldn't have done it the first time because it right. looks weird right. without you know, the, yeah. uh, you know, all the various bullshit like, they put yeah, on Yeah, the, the chyrons and whatnot, the ticker yeah. tape and scrolling. Yeah, no, for sure. It just looks like a weird, gross camcorder from the mid-2000s. Yeah, it looks like Inland Empire. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Inland Empire is happening suddenly, which <laughs> yeah. I, which I, I, I promised myself I'd never go back to ever again. Um, Janie E. watches Cooper eat cake and ask him, asks him if he finds her attractive, trying to tempt him. They then have sex with Cooper's arms comically flopping on the bed, resulting in Sonny Jim being awoken by Janie E's screams. So is this, I mean, we could talk for a while about this. Maybe I kind of don't even want to bring it up, but maybe it's worth pointing out. Like, is this, this is like kind of problematic, right? Oh yeah. Well, okay. So I, I thought about that while it was happening and the tr- so it depends on whether or not you think at this point Dale Cooper has agency. Like it is can he yeah. say yes or no? Like can he can can he give consent? Cuz if not then yes, very problematic. <laughs> if if yes, then maybe not so problematic, although the implication of her not knowing that it's not Dougie could be problematic. Is that kind of mm. is that were those all the thoughts you had too? <laughs> yeah, My, yeah, I, yeah. Kind of. I'm just kind of like you know, uh, it's it, it's like I feel like the intention was there of it just being kind of like harmless and funny. Funny, yeah. But there is some reading into it you can do that maybe it is a little bit problematic. But I don't know. I you know it's kind of like uh, one of those things where where you know it's gonna upset some people and. Some people won't won't find it as offensive. I just wanted to point it out because it is right. It didn't specifically, I guess, offend me because it does. You know, it seems like Dougie's having a good time. Yeah, Dougie's but, having uh, a good time. She's having, a, you know, Janie E's having a good time. You could argue Dougie is Cooper. You could argue Cooper. You know, Cooper's so far not done anything he didn't want to do, and since he's been out in the planet Earth, you know. Yeah, I, I think the whole well, also the whole bit here, like the whole bit with Dougie, is like he's just he's he's being very lucky. Like he's falling into luck a lot. Like even like right. he works for Lucky Seven Insurance, and everything just works out for in his favor. And this kind of just seems like another sort of step Example. in that. It is bit. yeah, it is played for laughs. Uh, I will say on top of it maybe being problematic, also not very funny and kind of a tired joke in general, which is like, oh, someone's really good at sex and this is how a, a lady responds to it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but you know, again, it, it, it didn't, per- it, I will say it didn't offend me necessarily. Uh, I did, however, of course, just it, 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 I paused. I, I had a moment of like, huh interesting you know um anyways jacoby broadcasts an episode of his dr amp show as nadine hurley watches is this when we get the nadine hurley has a store right this is where we're yeah she has a her quiet she has a drape drape runner or a drape store or something along those lines Mm -hmm. silent drapes love that in the morning janie e in a bright mood from the evening before takes cooper to work and sending jim to school Jerry, lost in the woods, yells when he loses phone signal. God, mm-hmm. I gotta know what Jerry's up to. I yeah, gotta it know. Is, it is really, it's it's intriguing. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's intriguing. Chad goes to- he's been out there. I guess I don't, yeah. I, I, the timelines are a little weird, I guess. I, I sort of don't even like think about timelines when I watch the show right. anymore because you kind of get hung up on that because it's like, how long- has Jerry been out there? Because he's right. obviously, it's to the point where he's like very worried. Yes. So I guess it's been a while, but I, I don't know. Um, 
Chad goes to Lucy's desk and comments that it is a beautiful day. Then going out to get the mail as Lucy watches with suspicion, he pockets Miriam's letter outside of Lucy's view and goes back inside, leaving the rest of the mail with Lucy. Richard drives, reading a text message from Chad, confirming that he caught the letter from Miriam. So shitty. Epically shitty. Uh, Johnny sits in front of a talking toy bear when Sylvia goes to the door as Richard arrives at her house, trying to keep him away. He enters anyway and demands money. He starts strangling Sylvia. This is his grandma, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Strangling Sylvia as Johnny helplessly falls over, tied to his chair. Squirming on the floor, Richard gets valuables from the safe, takes his grandmother's purse before leaving. This scene is a rough one. This one's like, oh boy. Uh, yeah, it's hard. He's it's hard to watch. he's a mean man, and I think at some point he says, "I'm I'm gonna cornhole that one," referring to Johnny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like on another level. It's almost so shocking that it becomes like, it is. It, I, it makes me blush, you know. Yeah, yeah, real real um, nut stuff. And yeah. Sylvia, of course, is just going absolutely haywire, screaming at him, you know, the whole time. Um, yeah. So he's strangling his grandma, you know, making his uncle, his mentally challenged uncle, feel, you know, terrible, awful. Oh yeah, I guess Johnny Ian would be his uncle. Yeah. Uh, Roger reports Ike's arrest to Duncan Todd, who then calls over Anthony Sinclair, ordering him to convince the Mitchum brothers that Dougie is working against them. And if he fails to kill Dougie. Now, Roger is played by Tom Sizemore, I think. Is yeah, the actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom Sizemore. The crooked insurance guy. Yeah, he's a, yeah, a crooked insurance guy. Tom Sizemore is not a great guy, right? IRL. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know much about old Tom Sizemore. I know. Uh, yeah. Is I remember his, reading uh, that something something came up with one of the male actors in The Return a while ago where I was like, huh, that sucks that that guy is actually bad. So that maybe that was Sizemore that I heard something about. But, yeah, uh, Sizemore yeah. was, um, this is super unfortunate and very graphic. The actor Tom Sizemore was told to leave a Utah film set in 2003 after an 11-year-old actress told her mother that he touched her uh, genitals. So Jesus. Okay, uh, this is not what I heard. This is <laughs> a, that's terrible. That's terrible. That man should have been, you know. Yeah, and that's in two thousand three. So career. Y- you know, it sounds like this story broke. This story that article's from November six, two thousand seventeen. So the, oh. the return is already filmed. It's already happening. So maybe that was who I. Maybe that was okay. Yeah. Very. Well I remember been. hearing someone from the return was canceled and not really looking into it. Yeah, but you know, full disclosure, I used to like Tom Sizemore as a performer, and I remember when I saw him, you know, when I saw him on this, I was like, oh, and then I, and then suddenly I was like flooded with like, wait a minute, did I hear something about Tom Sizemore? And then, uh, and then you know, looked it up just now, and that's what it is. So great. Uh, anyways, Roger <laughs> reports. <laughs> uh, I sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this is kind of a weird thing. Anthony Sinclair is like, uh. No, I'm sorry. Anthony Sinclair is Tom Sizemore's character. Uh, Duncan Todd is the guy from Mulholland Drive. Duncan Todd puts him in a really yeah. weird position where he has to kind of be like, you can either kill him yourself or get, try to get them to kill Dougie. Um, Albert Rosenfeld and Constance Talbot enjoy a dinner date as Cole and Preston observe them approvingly. Um, this is cool. I like them. Yeah. I like Constance. She's great. Very funny. Trying to be a comedian, you know, working those open mics. Uh, At the Silver Mustang Casino, the Mitchum brothers watch via security cameras. Sinclair approaching Warwick and stating that he wishes to speak with the Mitchums. They send Candice down, or Candy, down to collect Sinclair, which she does with much delay. When she finally brings him up to the office, Sinclair lies to the Mitchum brothers and tells and uh, that Dougie Jones had cheated them out of their insurance claim for their hotel uh, that burned down due to arson. Back home, 
they make plans to deal with Jones. Uh, I love the way that, um, what's his name? Anthony Sinclair chooses to do this too. He's like, you do not, you have an enemy with Dougie Jones, he says. And then he yeah. says it one more time as he's leaving. <laughs> and you yeah, see Candy yeah. like dragging him out of the room. You have an enemy. It's like, it's like he's like trying to really hammer it home so he doesn't have to kill this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Cole sits in his hotel room, sketching, then answers the door, seeing a vision of Laura Palmer and hearing Sarah Palmer shouting, Laura, before he notices Albert. Yeah. Um, what mm-hmm. Cole has to do with Laura uh, with Laura Palmer, I'm not quite sure. Like why he would even be having that kind of a, a vision, but Albert shows. Yeah, because that's not something that he would have seen himself, and in fact, he might not have ever even seen Laura in person or or Sarah Palmer. You know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Albert shows him Diane's text saying that it was sent from Mexico. In response to it saying that they have Hastings. Preston enters and shows them a photo of the glass box in the presence of Cooper's doppelganger and another man. Sylvia tells Ben about Richard's attack, expecting him to cover her for the money stolen by Richard. Ben asks Beverly to have dinner with him. Uh, Are they divorced? Is that... Uh, Yeah, I think Ben and Sylvia are... At least uh, separated. Because she's like, I'm calling my lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which at that point, I think Ben was just like, fuck it. Let's go out. Let's get some dinner, Bev. It's time. Yeah. Let's get some damn baguettes. Yeah. Let's get some French uh, food. Yeah. Uh, The log lady speaks to Hawk over the phone with another cryptic message, particularly noting the Trumans as Hawk's brothers and that Laura is the one. At the Roadhouse, Rebecca Del Rio performs No Stars. Yeah, did you notice who's playing guitar behind Rebecca Del Rio? Right, is it Moby? It is Moby, yeah. Yeah, dude, Moby. Remember all that? Speaking of canceled, remember Moby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Re- I've never really cared for it. I've never been a Moby fan. But oh, that is dude, fun. I used to love him. I used to think he was great. But, you know, that was back when, like, middle school. Uh this is Rebecca Del Rio from Mulholland Drive. This is a big. This is a big thing. It is a big thing. It's our. Uh, uh, what is the, the song she sings? Lolando uh, crying. Lolando. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, I will say, I'm like, I love this uh, performance. I love. It. I, th- I think it. It. I think this might have been like for effect. Um, cause she is a, she's an incredible singer, right? but there's like some auto tune on her voice. And I, it was a little like, she's a great singer. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Yeah. I don't know if you noticed it, but no, like it, it, it's, it's, it's subtle, but when she kind of like shifts up like notes real quickly, you can kind of hear it like the little sort of like auto tune robot-y sound. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and. I will say though that this song rips. It's so good. Oh yeah. It's so it's it was like it's, I think it's one I think it might be other than the 9 inch nails my favorite performance from the show so far. It was just it's just such a good tune. I was like I was like you can keep this one coming. Just don't even stop this one. <laughs> um but yeah, I was really happy to see Rebecca Del Rio back in there. Real love love it. You know, it's for the heads, Eric. It's for all of us heads out there. Real heads know. Yeah. All right, so what did you think rewatching these two episodes? They're pretty good. They're pretty good. You know, um, it's it's kind of like I I actually don't like part ten that much. Um, I, I you know part ten and part I want to say uh, somewhere in there like part five I think was one that I didn't care for too much. But yeah, uh, yeah part ten. It was either five or six that I that that I felt the same way. Where it's kind of like we get some interesting developments in the story, but it just felt like kind of a bunch of different things happening, and uh, I wasn't particularly. I don't know. There there wasn't as much in this for me. Besides the Rebecca Del Rio performance, um, there wasn't as much in this for me. Whereas part nine, I actually really I really enjoyed a lot. You know, we get a lot of. I like the Bill Hastings story a lot. Um, we get more Diane in part nine. 
Yeah. It's yeah, weird to I don't say know. that I liked yeah. the Richard Horn stuff. It's because it, I didn't like. I'm not a psycho. I didn't like like it, like it. But you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, but I did enjoy. Like I'm yeah. intrigued by it. it. It it you know it's it was. You want to like, see him fail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was more of that. It was like, yeah. It's weird to say. You know, like when you see a villain on screen, you know, it fills you with some kind of excitement. And you know, I liked watching the him kind of do his thing, his mean evil thing. You know. Yeah, I do like the getting a lot more, learning a lot more about the Mitchum brothers, though, because the Mitchum do, bros yeah. are a favorite of mine. And, uh, you know, we have a guest. I believe we have a guest next week who specifically, I guess this is a little spoiler, we'll get a little bit more Mitchum bros, Jeremy, but I think that's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our guest next week uh, specifically wanted to talk Mitchum bros. Okay. So, so I'm in. he requested. I'm in. Uh, parts ele- eleven and twelve, so that'll that'll be a good time. Uh, Eric, are you are you more of a Mitchum Bros kind of guy? Or are you more of a Truman Bros kind of guy? Ooh man! Well, yeah, I gotta go Truman Bros. Truman I Bros. They're true like, men. Yeah, it's kind of like light side or dark side. You know what I mean? It's That's true. Like, That's true. You know, but uh, yeah. Uh, so Jeremy, what what do you I? Do you do you have any idea where this is going? By the way, do you do you have any sort of theory as to how this will all end? No, not not no clue at all. I mean, I know a pretty big spoiler, but I, but other than that, I and I and what's the spoil? You gotta tell me what's the spoiler. The spoil. Well, I might be spoiling it, spoiling it for the listener. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll tell true. you. I'll yeah. tell you right after the episode what I know. <laughs> okay. But I, but I also but I know but I don't know how it fits into the narrative at all, and I'm. And I don't know, you know, what it represents or what it means. But we kind of talked about it before we started watching the show. Is something that I saw. I'll tell. I'll, I'll give you a hint right now. It's some. It's a picture. Every time we look at one of these Twin Peaks uh, wiki articles, this person's picture is in every single one. So okay. Uh yeah okay yeah I think I know yeah yeah I'm so sure I'm like I, so I know that's coming but I don't I don't really know anything I have no idea where it's going and for a for a for a show where I'm not particularly invested in the plot I am invested in the in like the world and the things that are happening but like you know the plot I'm I'm kind of like it it's it loses me at times. Uh, just yeah, like, you, you kind of have to just surrender to it. Exactly. Uh, at a certain point. Yeah. Especially your first time watching. Like, exactly. This is my fourth time watching it, and I'm still, you know, don't exa- – I can't explain a lot of things. I, well, I can't explain some things too well still, and I don't know if I fully uh, – We'll talk about it. We'll 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 talk about it. We got uh, what do we got? F- six, eight more parts to go. Eight more parts to go, which means about four more episodes before our big change. Well, where we will reveal where this podcast is heading. Yeah, we're gonna. I was just gonna say as a joke, we were gonna cover all the Jackass movies, but we <laughs> actually should do that at we some point. We should do that. That's not as yeah. A yeah, bit. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, we should cover the show <laughs> and all the films, and then we should do all of Wild Boys and all of it's Viva La Bam and all of CKY and all of uh, the Dudesons. Yeah, yeah, and Steve O wasn't Steve O on like Celebrity Rehab oh, or something? Oh yeah. Well, didn't he also have like a wi- his Wild Circus show or something? Yeah, the Steve O stuff was actually kind of kind of sad. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I I don't typically recommend podcasts on podcasts, but if you ever get a chance, listen to Steve O's podcast. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking far out, dude. I did not know he had a podcast, but I've listened to him on other shows. Yeah, and, uh, his story, his life story is just so insane. Yeah, him. He's he does a, a he does an episode with Doctor Drew, and it is balls <laughs> to the wall. It is so bonkers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh you know what patreon.com slash eric and jeremy check out you know uh the patreon stay tuned for the moose minute 
Uh, check out Animaniacs. What's the uh, double double feature? Feature is uh, that your yeah uh, yeah? Go ahead and check podcast. out. It's a newer. It's a new film one that we're doing just for the love of the game. Don't expect a lot to come from it, but we do. We cover two films uh, each episode. Uh, you know, we have a you know kind of a wide array of you know we have th- there's three of us that are doing the show, and then we'll have a guest every fourth episode and uh let them kind of pick a double feature for us eric we're gonna have you on probably at some point and um yes. you know uh, this last week uh the latest episode of double double feature feature was uh, my pick which was a uh, point uh a point break and hot fuzz that was my double feature so uh, oh that's good yeah we get into like a like nice that. conversation you know one of them was a classic action film and the other one was a, a film sort of the satirizing the action genre. So it's it's a good time sure. over there. You know, each one of us has our own little flavor, our own little like uh, our, you know, uh, like how we choose the double features. And I, I think it's a good show. I, I really do. It's a, it's a good discussion. You know, it's 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 really uh, it's really you know we we come from you know writer and comedy backgrounds, but I, I think two of us at least went to film school. So we're like you know. We we can we can get we can go experts. we can go places yeah experts <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we go places over there but it's it's a fun time double double feature feature and then uh, yeah the monthly or the bi monthly show Animaniacs with me Matt J and Alec Robbins Mr Boop himself that's a fun that's a fun time and then yeah I'd say visit the Patreon follow me at and Twitter at Ocarina of Crime if you haven't already I post a lot of you know jokes like. Uh, like you know, uh, a joke is like uh, something with a setup and a punchline, and uh, you know, I I do a lot of that kind of stuff over there. So, yeah, yeah, he's Jeremy's got a lot of good knock knock jokes going mm-hmm. on over there. But the thing is, he always wait. No one, no one ever replies what or who's there. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, all of his tweets are just knock knock, and then like no <laughs> no punchline and no yeah no engagement at all, no likes. It's just <laughs> knock knock over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, uh, stay tuned for more Twin Peaks. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm.